Colossians. Uh, starting at verse 12. Colossians 1, starting at verse 12. Amen. The Word of God says here, it reads Colossians 1.12. Give me the New Living Translation, please. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he, the Father, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. I don't know if I'm going to get all the way down there today, but I just want to speak to you from the sermon title, Always Be Thankful. Always be thankful. Always. Come on, church. Always be thankful. Amen. Good to see you, Herman. Amen. Keep your finger there. That's our text. I just want to just go into uh, Romans 1, 21. Romans 1, 21. Real quick. The Word of God says this. Yes, they knew God, but they didn't worship him as God for or even give him thanks. And what was the result of that? And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Why? Number one, they weren't worshiping God as he is. Number two, because of that disconnect, they were not giving him thanks. Woo. At the time of this letter, when this letter of Colossians was written, the Colossians were in the infancy stages of their walk with Christ. The gospel was preached and new birth had taken place, but the gospel uh, had come to a place where there was a lot of mystical beliefs and demon worship. There was confusion because people thought that they were worshiping angels and being thankful for these angels, these beings that they had uh, decided were of good uh, will towards these people, not realizing they were actually worshiping demons because they had placed these demons uh, over the importance or uh, 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 over the, 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 the highness or the, the, the standard of God. They, they, they believed that these demons were above Jesus Christ. And so the idea was, that, you know, hey, we need to kind of keep in tune or keep in touch with these demons slash angels that they believe, okay, because these angels are helping us. So they were wearing amulets and they were doing prayer beads and, and all kinds of little uh, trinkets that they would wear around themselves and they would, they would worship these, uh, these, these beings that they made up in order that they would have a good harvest, in order they would have a good year, in order that things would turn out for them, in order they would have prosperity, in order that there would not be any calamity or tsunamis or earthquakes or whatever have you. And so when something went wrong, they blamed the Christians 
Because the Christians left all that and decided that Jesus was enough. Are you hearing me? Amen. Now, here's the thing. There's a guy by the name of Epaphras. And Epaphras went and heard in Ephesus Paul preaching the word of God, the true gospel. Epaphras gets saved by hearing the truth, just reviewing. And he comes back home to Colossae. And he takes that truth home. Now, I'm not sure what is happening in this season that I'm in, but I feel like, I just feel in my, in my soul, in my spirit, that God is getting ready to shake us up a little bit. And some of us are going to have to go to some of the places we came from and tell the people the truth, because the people are dying. There is no vision. There is no understanding. They are making up things about God. And here we are hearing the truth on a regular basis. God is going to send some of us back to some of the places we came from. It's not an unusual thing to, you know, have Moses go into Pharaoh's kingdom where he came from and pull some people out. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's not an unusual thing. So I don't know what's good and ready to happen, but I, I feel like there's a, a time when we are, you know, we're seeing so much darkness, we're going to have to take some of this truth home. Amen? Uh, and it may make us a little uncomfortable because we don't want to go back to some of the places where we came from, huh? But if it had not been for Jesus, we'd still be stuck there. Amen? So the church may need to get uncomfortable and get comfortable with the idea of taking the truth to some of the places that they used to be. Amen? And here's the thing. Epaphras didn't just get up there and do a drive-by. He stayed there a while to see some change actually take place. Amen? I just believe that's what God is getting ready to do. So two obvious marks of Christianity, you know, is the right worship of the holy God in order to give the right amount of worship or the right praise to the right God in thankfulness. Amen. Amen. Two obvious marks of Christianity is worship of God and thankfulness to God. When Jesus is not the object of worship, then you start making stuff up. Things about God that are not true. You end up robbing God of something he is actually owed people. The sacrifice of thanksgiving. There's one thing that a believer always does. There's one thing that should always be coming from the believer. And that is, God, I thank you. Why? Because the truth is we have so much, too much to be thankful for. Isn't it true? Amen? There are many things we thank God for. We thank God for our children. You know, they go out, they come to school, and somehow, by some miracle, they come back. Are you hearing me? That's not happening everywhere, people. Amen? We thank God for our jobs. Amen? Provision. You know, we just eat every several times a day. That's not happening everywhere, people. We thank God for safety. You know, we come in service every Sunday. You know, nobody shows up with a gun to blow away the pastor or anybody. These, that's not happening everywhere, people. Are you hearing me, saints? We thank God for this church building we're in. We thank God for transportation. We get on a highway. We get on and off the freeway. How the angels of God are protecting us. Sometimes I'm rushing. Huh? Sometimes I get a text and I go, and that could have been it. And yet, we make it. 
we're safe. There's a lot of things to thank God for, but most importantly, saints, we thank God for Jesus and all he has done. His finished work on the cross, his finished work on Calvary, which has procured for us certain blessings for those that believe in him. Amen? We are grateful for this marvelous, undeserved grace <laughs> that has been given to us. Huh? Why? Because we have received God's gift in Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, we don't just pray, you know, because Paul is praying in this, in this, in this passage. We don't just pray things, uh, you know, or pray when things go bad. We pray for thanksgiving and give thanks to God, rather, when things are going well. And what we're seeing here is Paul is thankful for the work that is being done in this church, this new church in Colossae. Amen? Amen? He's grateful. He's praying and, and thankful to God that folks are getting saved. And when we see the will of God being done in the lives of his creation, where people are coming from being created to being children of God, Amen. Not just creation of God, but actual children of God. We say thanks and we petition God for things that are actually in his written word, things that we know are in his will. God, we are grateful that folks are being saved, but now, Lord, we want them to mature. God, we want them to grow. God, we want them to be found in your word. We want them to, we want, we, we, we pray the will of God, things that we can see that are in the word of God, things that he would answer. Amen. So just, just, just by brief review, still reviewing, Colossians 1, uh, let's go back up to the uh, ninth verse. Paul says, we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of the word. That is, know your Bible, saints. Amen. Get in your word. Complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom. And I told you a couple Sundays ago, that is collected scripture. Amen. For the purpose of making principles. Amen. That they would be, as I said, King James said, filled with the truth of God to the point to where God controls you and you don't try to control God. Amen. Where the direction of your life is, is, is pointed in such a way where it's, it's being driven by the wind of truth. Not, uh, not every wind of doctrine. Come on, Holy Spirit. It's, it's not all kinds of stuff that we hear. It's not all kinds of things that, that come into play. The stuff we hear on TV and, and this pastor and that pastor and all these other religions is being something that is, is, is collected scripture that turns into wind in your sails to move you along in the direction that God would have you to go. Are you hearing me, saints? Amen? So that is the spiritual wisdom and understanding. How do I do this? How do I do that? The Lord is not specific in this issue. Well, I've got collected scripture to help me to come to an understanding of what he wants me to do in this very specific situation at this time in this season in my life. Are you hearing me? That way, what? What's the, what's the, uh, the idea here? Or the, the result of that is then you will live, amen, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord because that's what we're here to do. We're here to glorify God with our very lives and produce fruit. What does God want? He wants to return on his investment. Amen? Good fruit should follow those who are hearing the word, doing the word, living the word, the heavenly. The, the, God should get something out of that. Amen? There should be good fruit that, is, that follows that. Amen? Amen. Just kind of touching on that a little bit. And then, you know, all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. You never stop learning. 
We're always praying that God will mature the believers uh, to where not only do we continue to grow in Scripture, but also that we would have the desire to even do that. Amen? That the cares of this world don't choke out the seed and cause you to start, you know, drifting, as it says in the Word of God. Amen? That, that God would get a hold of you to the point to where you begin to desire and thirst after him, the pure milk of the Word. Holy Spirit, you are talking this morning. Desiring him. That doesn't come from you and me. Amen? I cannot, you know, produce that in and of myself. I need help. So Paul is praying that they keep learning but also want to learn. Are you hearing me? Amen. Amen. So the prayer is that, you know, uh, verse 11. Then, then we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have the endurance and the patience you need. I told you a couple of Sundays ago the endurance and patience is basically the ability to go through persecution without retaliating and without complaining. What would it be like if the church of God is always seen with a smile in spite of what they're going through? Amen? Where we, we witness that we have the joy of the Holy Ghost, not just when things are going well, because everybody can smile when you got billions. But can you do it when you're broke? <laughs> can you do it when you're like, Lord, the, the, it's 12 o'clock, it's lunchtime. I, need, I know you're going to come through, so I'm going to smile. Amen? Amen? That's a greater witness. Are you following me? So that's the review. And now here in verse 12, Paul gives us reasons for why we are so thankful to God, specifically the Father, and why we should have this joy, may be filled with joy, that we have this joy. Why? What's going on here? There's some reasons here. Colossians 1 and 12. Always thanking the Father, specifically God the Father who made the plan of salvation. Amen? God the Father. Amen. He has always enabled or he has enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. So I'm always thanking God, the Father, specifically because he has brought sinners, Gentiles, folks outside of the commonwealth, the blessings of Abraham. He's brought us into this inheritance that we do not deserve. We were kicked out and God put us in. Are you hearing me? Amen. This inheritance that belongs to the people who live in the light. We'll touch that in just a minute. He, King, King James Version says, he made us meet to be able to inherit these blessings. That word, mean, that word meet means he qualified us. Amen. He made us fit to receive this inheritance. When you are now a son of God, you get the blessings of God, whether you've been adopted or not. You follow me? So what I'm trying to explain to you is, is you got my children will get my blessing because they are my children naturally. But if I adopt somebody and graft them into my family, I don't treat them any less than my children. So here we are, we're not Jews, but we get the same blessings. Why? Because it ain't about Jews and Gentiles now anymore. It's about whoever is a child of God by faith. Are you hearing me? So now we're getting the inheritance. And it's coming to people who do not deserve it. If we're honest, Titus 
three. Three and seven. Three through seven. Titus three. Four. We ourselves were also sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, huh? serving diverse lusts and pleasures. We were serving. We were slaves to our appetites. Are you hearing me? Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Just couldn't get along. Just could not love like God has called us to love. Could not be what God has called us to be. We got out there and messed around and fooled around and got into situations. And, and, and these are things that God never planned for us. We were slaves to those things. Amen. Amen. But after the kindness and love of a God, our Savior towards men appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Are you seeing that? He saved us not because we were righteous of ourselves or any righteousness within us. Not the things we did because God showed us mercy. We couldn't earn this inheritance that we now have. God just showed us mercy and saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. He washed away our sins, gave us new birth and new life in the Holy Spirit. And now we've shown up his kids. Are you hearing me? Amen. So here's the thing. Because of that, verse 7, if you drop down to verse 7, it says that, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I have hope of what is coming. I am an heir of this inheritance. Why? Because he has given me his spirit. He has justified me by this grace because grace has made me right in the sight of God and he's given me this confidence, this hope, this guarantee that I will inherit eternal life. I'm going to get into that in just a minute. But here's the thing. Would you let a pedophile, rapist, steal, uh, stealing, murdering, lying, jealous, Person come live with you and your kids? No. No. But that's exactly what God did. That's exactly. When you look in the mirror, you remind yourself where you came from and you be grateful that God decided to wipe out your record, change your nature, and say, You come live with me forever. <laughs> Hallelujah! Come on, somebody! Huh? Not only that, people, he doesn't just allow you to live with him forever, he puts you in the family wheel. That's the inheritance. Okay, hold on to your seats. So, so that you can live off his money forever. <laughs> Exactly what Jesus has done. He's taken his enemies, grafted them into his family, and then blessed them with some lifelong blessings that they will have for all eternity. Are you hearing me, saints? Matthew 19:29. Matthew 19:29. You might want to write down this scripture. This blessed my soul. This one messed me up. Matthew 19:29. You got it? Yeah. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or property for my sake. Underline this, we'll receive a hundred times as much in return. And we'll inherit eternal life. I checked several translations. It's all saying the same thing. Did you see that? Are you, 
Are you seeing that? What are you saying, Pastor? One of the reasons why people strive so hard to be rich in this life is because they have no idea what Jesus Christ is offering in the next. They're clueless. They're clueless. This rich young ruler walked around and asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit, wrong word, eternal life? What can I do to gain or, you know, earn eternal life? Jesus told him to follow the Ten Commandments, basically. He said, I did all that stuff. I'm just not a horrible person. Jesus said, give up all your stuff. He said, I can't do that. I got a lot of stuff, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm paid. Couldn't do it. Walked out sad. Walked away from eternal life because he couldn't let go of his stuff. He walked out before he heard what Jesus said to the disciples because Jesus, he should have stayed a little longer and heard that, you know, kind of got a little bit more understanding. Jesus turned to his boys and said, let me tell you something. Everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and in addition <laughs> will inherit eternal life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He left before he found out that if you follow Jesus, you get a hundred times more. Uh-oh, Pastor, is this, a, is this a prosperity message? Hang with me. The issue is this. If we have riches here, no matter how much you get, you get riches with sickness, riches with pain, riches with disappointment, riches with regret, riches with loss, grief, sorrow, and death. Yeah, you're rich, but you're still on earth going through all kinds of hell. Got a hundred houses and got 75 squatters. <laughs> you got a hundred houses, a hundred electric bills. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Amen. So you get all that stuff, and here's the thing. We are so wrapped up in this American dream where we're trying to hold on to all this stuff, not recognizing this ain't it. This is not it. You may have a lot of money, but you're going to go through a lot of stuff with it. Why? Because this is not the kingdom. Are you hearing me? Jesus is offering a hundred times more along with eternal life. A hundred times more along with eternal life. So if you lose your family members and they disown you because of what you believe in, if you lose your job and have to foreclose on your house because you decided you ain't going to do some craziness on your job, you know, that's sinful. What I'm trying to explain to you, Jesus is saying you haven't lost anything. You've lost, somebody's not getting it. You have not lost anything. He's already reserved a bunch of stuff for you with your name on it the moment you believed in Jesus Christ. He said, oh, Jamie just got saved. Put all this in his name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, some theologians will say to you, wait a minute now. We can't take this hundred houses or hundred times houses literally. And some people will say, yes, we can. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Maybe you get a hundred houses more or a hundred times more. Maybe you don't. 
Maybe you won't even need all that stuff because you'll be so joyful it feels like you got 100 houses. I don't know. All I know is ain't nobody ever came back and told me we'll be getting to heaven. So I'm not going to speculate. Jesus said 100 times more. So whatever that is, I know I'm not just going to live forever. I'm going to live good. Yeah, oh, see, come on. What I'm trying to explain to you is it doesn't matter what it is materially. The bottom line is you have lost nothing. Everything that you feel that has been taken from you, Jesus said you already got so much more. Why are you trying to hold on to that? And even if the idea, here's the thing, even if the situation is like this, maybe it's not 100 houses, but here's the thing. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 5, the meek shall inherit the earth. So if we're tripping off of houses, why are we tripping off of that when we're going to get the whole planet? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm saying is you're not just going to have eternal life. You're going to have eternal life with some stuff. Are you hearing me, saints? So what do we do, saints? We practice delayed gratification now because we know some stuff is already in our name. And not because we did it, because of the righteousness and the perfect life of Jesus Christ, because we are now in Christ Jesus, we are getting whatever he did. He shares in the inheritance. When they walked into the promised land, come on, Holy Spirit, bring it back to me. When they walked into the promised land, they allotted certain properties, certain pieces of land to each tribe. It's exactly going to be the same thing with us. Whenever we leave this place and Jesus comes back and sets up his eternal kingdom on earth, the new earth, he's going to pass out <laughs> blessings and, and honor and, and, and all kinds of things. If we're going to get all that stuff, he's going to allot certain things. So if we're gonna get, he's going to get us stuff that we never even thought. It's going to be so much bigger than we ever, ever imagined. It's going to be huge, people. What I'm trying to say to you is you can practice delayed gratification now simply because you already, listen, I could have said, hello, everybody this morning. I, could have, I should have said, good morning, you filthy, rich, ridiculously blessed, highly favored children of God. Because that's the truth. You stinking, rich, ridiculously paid people of God. How are you doing today? Because that's the truth. <laughs> I'm not talking about a prosperity message because prosperity messages say you got to get it all here. See the difference? That's the difference. Okay? I'm not trying to rob you and gas you up. I'm telling you, you're already highly favored. You're already rich. You're already great. You already got everything. You already got everything. Already. So when you go through something and it's not exactly the way you want it to be and you have to struggle here, just remember, if we're going to reign with him, we're going to suffer with him. That's okay. But Jesus is saying, you've lost nothing. You've lost nothing. You haven't even lost family. I got family for you. <laughs> I got everything for you. It's true, saints. It's true. All right. Here's the proof. Ephesians 1, 13. See, I, wasn't, I knew I was going to get past this. Ephesians 1, 13, 14. Who is excited? Ephesians 1, 13, 14. And now you Gentiles, that's me and you, have also heard the truth, the good news that saves you, 
when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. Verse 14 is key. This spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. And then he did this so you would praise and glorify God. When you get married, you don't show up without an engagement ring first. The Holy Spirit is the down payment. He is the engagement ring. He is guaranteeing what is coming. If you have the Holy Spirit, ah, when you recognize that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and changing you and you're becoming like Christ, not by your own power, but by what he's doing inside of you, making different decisions, responding differently, thinking differently, becoming more like Jesus, that is a guarantee that you belong to him. You are God's people. You are God's child. And it's a guarantee that you're going to get the rest of the inheritance that he's already promised you. Are you hearing me? Amen. So he said he did this so you would praise and glorify him now. That's why we can praise and glorify God now. Why? Because I've already got the down payment. I'm guaranteed this blessing. I'm guaranteed the inheritance to come. This is the proof that I'm going to get more than I could ever imagine. So go on, saints of God. And live holy for God now. You hear me? Why? Because if you have to go through some things and you end up losing more stuff, end up losing more family, end up losing more opportunities, and you go through some more pain, it's, it's nothing. Jesus is saying you will soon learn that you've lost nothing. Are you hearing me? And that will cause you to praise God right now. That's the issue. People don't praise God because they don't know what they already got. People, see, here's the thing. Here's the witness. Folks will be looking at you going through all kinds of crazies, scratching your head, trying to figure out why you're smiling. Why do you have this joy? This makes no sense. They just gave you a pink slip. This makes no sense. You just lost your car. This makes no sense. You barely can make it. This makes no sense. You're going through all kinds of stuff. You're in pain. You have sorrow. I don't understand why you up here praising God. Why is that? Because I already know what I already got. I already got it. I have Jesus. Amen? The inheritance is something that this world cannot take away. It can't be taken from it. Amen? Colossians 1.12 again. Colossians 1.12 again. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who, uh-oh, live in the light. Now, remember, this is context here. Context is we are thankful to God the Father for what he has already done, not what we do. We are thankful that he has made us his people, first of all, people that belong to him. And we are thankful that he has empowered the people that belong to him because we have the indwelling Holy Spirit to live in the light. Amen? It is a gift that you have right now. God causes his people to live holy because his children ought to live holy because their father is holy. Period. The end. 1 John 1, 5 and 6. 1 John 1, 5 and 6. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 
Here's the problem. If we say we have fellowship with him, I want everybody's attention on this one. If we say that we have fellowship, oh, I'm saved. And we have fellowship with God. And we walk in darkness. We are lying. And we do not the truth. You want the truth? Here's the truth. If you belong to God and you have his inheritance, you will live like God wants you to live. I know that's not popular. I know you get kicked off Facebook for saying stuff like that. But if you're not going to live holy and you have no desire to live holy, you are not his child. There is no gray area here. None. Why? There is no evil. There is no darkness in God. So those who are his children will live in the light. Pastor, you don't understand. I just love him. If you love that more than you love God, something's wrong. Are you hearing me? There is no darkness in God. There is light in God. We will make mistakes. We will mess up. But we can't just live and get comfortable in darkness. That's not what's going to happen. That thing will irritate the stew out of you. You'll be sitting there like, come on, baby. I just can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't say what I was going to say and not fix that. I can't just do anything. I just can't have any kind of attitude. I just can't curse you out and go to choir rehearsal. I just can't. I just can't. I can't do, you know, talk to my kids all kinds of craziness, you know what I'm saying, and, then, and not feel anything about that. The Holy Spirit will convict me. Why? I don't live in darkness. I live in the light. And the inheritance is coming to those, no glory, who live in the light. Okay, did I make that plain? Back to Colossians 1.13. For he, the Father, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. I love the way that's said because the truth is, is it's not, I mean, it says in the King James that he has delivered us, but the truth is God did not deliver you as in dropped you off somewhere. He pulled you out of something. He translated, transferred you out of something that had control over you and brought you out of that darkness into the light. And it's a kingdom. The kingdom of darkness is ruled by someone. The kingdom of light is ruled by someone else. Are you hearing me? That's why those words are there. These are powerful words. Don't, don't skip over that. Okay? There are kings, rulers, principalities, powers. Are you hearing me? Amen? And these, these, these beings are supernatural. They hold the chains around people's necks where they cannot get free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a kingdom of darkness. And that is a counterfeit kingdom as Pastor Rick has taught us. Amen? It's run by Satan. He's holding the strings. He's got the power in that area. The kingdom of light is ran by Jesus Christ. Amen? He has rescued me, moved me 
from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom rule of Jesus Christ, where Jesus Christ is king. Now I'm in the kingdom of light. Jesus is the king of that kingdom. Are you hearing me? We are now in the kingdom of light. He has transferred us into the kingdom of his dearly beloved son. That's what that dear son means. It means his dearly beloved son. The father loved Christ. And now we are in the kingdom of the son that he loves. Which means we receive his love. But it has been a transfer, saints. I remember when I was younger, I used to go to this place called Hope Academy. It was my first private school. My uncle ran it out of my Aunt Bishop Ernestine Church on 84th and MacArthur Boulevard. And I used to go there. Me and a couple other kids from Love Center, Edna, Terrain, we all used to wear our little brown uniforms and we, you know, we show up like this. It was the 70s. We were black, we were proud, we were learning Swahili. We would learn all kinds of stuff about our culture. We'd get out and we'd look at each other like, that's right. We are black. We are proud. We are serious. We, are, we ain't playing. And then they taught us this identity, you know? And so the idea was is that there was one point in time when they used to drop me off at school. And then Lena Edmond, who used to live with it, at, uh, she was like a big sister to me, she told us one day, Mommy and, and Daddy Tremaine and Walter, they want you to catch the bus. <gasps> we get to catch the bus. Are we excited? We're running around. Me and Tristan. Woo! And you're going to do it by yourself. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to catch the bus by ourselves? What if we get lost, Lena? What if we get lost? Lena said, here's the catch. Help me hold the spirit with this. When you get on the bus and you pay your fare, that currency allows you to get on the bus. Make sure that you always get a transfer. That way, if anything happens on your journey where you're supposed to get to your intended destination, if something goes wrong with the bus or you end up taking the wrong bus and going in the wrong direction and you can't get to school. Some of us were on, I don't know about you, but some of us were on the wrong bus for decades. Going the wrong way. And we couldn't get off. What we needed was some power, but not only some power to set us free, we needed a transfer so we could have some currency to get us back in the right direction going to where we're supposed to be. So Lena would say, make sure you get your transfer.
does not matter. The law of Christ has been written on the hearts of the people. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing. Nothing changes that. This world could spin all the way to hell. But the bottom line is, is those who have been purchased by Christ, who are in Christ Jesus, huh? who have the blood of Jesus over them, huh? who have the mark of Christ on them, it does not matter what they do, what they say. We will not submit to any other king but King Jesus. That's just the bottom line. So you can take God everywhere you want to, but you can't take him out of here. Why? We've been transferred out of one king, the demons that held the chains. There was a supernatural power. Oh, I just got to move. I got to move. Here's the thing. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of eternal life. Huh? Here's the thing. Rightfully so, we have all sinned and turned you know, against God and went our separate ways away from God. And rightfully so, we all deserve death. Okay? That's the wage that we've earned. Here's the thing. Give me Colossians uh, 1.14. Here's the thing. Christ, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. We deserve death. Huh? That's what we've earned. But Jesus came and paid a much higher price. Brought us out through his redemption. He paid a price that was greater. Huh? And paid us out of that death that we've earned and brought us in. Come on, Zaretha's crying. I, I hear you. See, here's the thing. He brought us something we don't deserve. He purchased my freedom. I'm free in Christ now. Why? Because the blood of Jesus. It required death, so Jesus died for me. He paid a much higher currency. So the wages of sin that equals death does not apply to me because Jesus paid so much more. Are you hearing me? And when you receive Christ Jesus, you get into the program, you get into the, the plan of God that is, is purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm no longer where I'm getting what I, what I deserve. I'm getting what I don't deserve because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Huh? And he's written laws on my heart. So this inheritance that I'm getting, huh? this freedom that I'm experiencing, this joy that I have, huh? this ability to look past you know, what I'm, what's going on and, and peer into the future and believe that this inheritance is mine because of the Holy Spirit that I have. All of that comes from Jesus and what he paid for. Huh? You have that. That law is now written on your heart. And Satan can't take you back even if you try. Okay. Ain't happened. Someone else has moved in and he is stronger. <laughs> he is stronger. Are you hearing me, saints? Huh? So, once again, we are thankful today. Now, here's the thing that's interesting, and I'm done. Oh, good. One minute. Here's the thing that's interesting. Always be thankful. Go back to 12. Colossians 1.12. Always thanking the Father. 
You see that? Always thanking the Father. Okay? That takes supernatural power. Are you feeling me? Paul was praying for this church, but he said, I'm always praying. Is Paul greater than Abraham? Is Paul greater than, huh? Then, then Elijah, who can call down heaven, fire, uh, fire from heaven and rain, huh? Is he greater than those people? No, no. You know what they have in common? The power of the Holy Spirit. In order for you, hear me, saints, to be consistently thankful, you're going to need power to do that. Are you hearing me? That's not just for us to look at Paul and say, oh, Paul was always thankful. Let me go about my day. No, 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 no. That's for you to ask the question, am I consistently thankful? Hmm. Is something missing? Huh? Or am I ignoring the Holy Spirit in this area when I could complain? Huh? Is something missing? Huh? Do I, do I, do I question myself like that and say, Lord, I complain too much. What am I missing? What am I not seeing here? What else do you have to do in order for me to be thankful consistently? Well, here's the thing. First of all, fill up on that word. And then, as I said last Sunday, pray and ask God to help you. Holy Spirit, fill me up, fill up my cells, not only to why I do what you want me to do, but I think the way you want me to think. Are you hearing me, saints? That way when the mountain comes in and the, the, the situations come in and the valleys that we experience, huh? in those places where we're not feeling like we are on top of the world, in those times, that's when you get on your knees and say, God, I already know you're good. Now I need you to help me to catch up with what I know. I need you to empower me because for me to be always thankful, that's going to take your power from your Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power available to cause us to be thankful. And I don't know about you, but I would rather walk around being thankful than being mad. What kind of day you want to have, Jamie? I think I just need to go ahead and ask God to help me thank Jesus for my kids that act crazy. I think I need to ask God to help me thank Jesus for this job that I have when those people are crazy. I think I need you to help me to thank Jesus when the gas prices is crazy. Huh? Are you hearing me? Pray without ceasing. Always be thankful. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm done. All right.